0: Some of your colleagues, and we talked about what's happened at the protests this week, uh, have called the president genocide, Joe. Some of your colleagues have accused the president of supporting genocide, including Rashida Talib. Do you agree with that word, genocide, that the president's been supporting a genocide, or does that go too far? I think what we are seeing right now throughout the country is that young people are appalled at the violence and the indiscriminate
1: loss of life. Uh, Well, they should uh, probably get access to the videos of the butchery and the savagery that took place on October 7th, and then maybe they could make a reality-based decision. That was AOC, of course, on MSDNC talking to Kristen Welker, who poses as a journalist for reasons of television. Well, happy Monday to you and welcome back. We are sort of at 888-630-9625, but we're having technical difficulties with our call screening program. I blame the NSA. I don't really. Besides, our CIA director is over in the region uh, trying to negotiate for peace between the troglodytes and the civilized people of Israel. Uh, and that's because our Secretary of State is a complete failure. He's our chief diplomat, and I guess he wandered around there for a while, bumping into things, and and then he left. Where is he? I saw he was in Africa last week, talking to, talking to people in Africa, not getting anything done there either. Pretty remarkable stuff. Uh, I've got a lot to uh, share with you today, and and, uh, and uh, difficulties, complications, technical difficulties with the telephones here on the program. And Jasmine is on the phones today, and she's the champion. She's the champion of all time. Uh, but we've got these, these issues, so we're trying to sort through that. Never mind us. Let's get, to the, uh, let's get to the news because there is a lot to talk about. And the Democrats are driving most of it. The Democrats and the jihadis. Really, if you put together Democrats and the Jihannis, everything comes together quite nicely. So we've got, uh, we've got a lot of crazy. I want to get to the... Let's get to Nanny Pelosi. Just talking about Nanny Pelosi a few minutes ago. She was on the television with her pal, Dana Bash. Dana Bash. And Nancy Pelosi, who is very, very deft at trading on the stock market. I don't know if you're aware of this. You see her the other day, we learned that she... Pulled in five hundred thousand dollars over what well, was it a two or three month period, from an investment that she went in on that maybe only members of Congress would be aware of, but that's okay. Five hundred grand. Her husband is a big Wall Street guy, you know, Hammerhead, Hammerhead Pelosi, Paul Pelosi, and, and he's a big stock market guy. They're very very wealthy, vineyards, private planes. Although she prefers the government plane to fly her back, back and forth when she was Speaker of the House. Uh, but never mind that. Let's get to let's get to Dana Bash now. Keep in mind Dana Bash's ex-husband now, Jeremy Bash. He was a an Obama campaign operative, and then he was given a, a fake job at the CIA as a you know a, a paper pusher, a chief of staff or something to the Democrat appointee. Was he was it John Brennan, penitentiary face Brennan that he was chief of staff to the Communist Party voter? But he's one of the guys, Dan Abash's ex-husband, that signed on to that felonious 51 document lying to all of us that the Hunter Biden laptop reporting looked like Russian disinformation. It's all a circle fest in a hot tub, the Democrat Party and the, and the permanent bureaucracy. And then, of course, the news media. They just It's musical chairs, but with beds. You know, it's kind of musical beds. So let's go to Dan Abash talking to Nanny Pelosi, who's no longer the Speaker of the House. Uh, for the time being, and uh, Nanny Pelosi talking about the, uh, she's asked, hey, lots of people are out in the street chanting, genocide, Joe, genocide, Joe, Joe, you're committing genocide because the Israelis are defending themselves against a genocidal, an actual genocidal radical Islamic army, all right, that is dedicated to the total destruction of the state of Israel. Their name is Hamas. Total destruction of the state of Israel is in their charter, and then they demonstrate frequently enough that they mean it uh, and that they're perfectly willing to drench themselves in the blood of innocence in an effort to accomplish their goals, which are genocidal. See, that's it's, And again, it reminds me of Victoria Newland and her line about the Russian playbook that the uh, Russian playbook is, she means the Soviet playbook primarily, is to accuse you of doing, like the United States or Western Europe, whatever they are doing. Russia, the Soviet Union, to accuse you of doing what they are doing. And so when the left accuses Israel of genocide, they're they're mouthpieces for Hamas and for radical Islam, and they're, in fact, accusing you of doing... They're out there defending the actual genocidal murderers, that is, Hamas, while accusing Israel, a civilized country where Muslims and Jews and Christians live together in harmony... Uh, of of being genocidal. Sure, the Israelis are the genocidal ones, not Hamas, which literally has the extermination of the state of Israel in their charter, but never mind that. Dana Bash, uh, who's also Jewish, by the way. Nancy Pelosi, who pretends to be a Catholic, uh, on CNN this weekend. One of the challenges that Democrats might have in organizing is some anger in some corners of the progressive movement Mm -hmm. over Biden's... Joe Biden's support for Israel in its war uh, against Hamas terrorists. How concerned are you, especially given the fact that we have seen protesters over and over and over uh, at his events? How concerned are you that people, young people, Arab Americans, progressives, I'm not suggesting that they're going to go vote for Donald Trump. No, no. How concerned are you that they might just stay home? Arab Americans and progressives. So the so-called progressives, you know, Woodrow Wilson was a self-described progressive, a racist segregationist, showed the first movie in the White House. It was Birth of a Nation. Um, and uh, Joe Biden, racist segregationist, didn't want racial integration of the schools in Delaware when his kids were going to school because he didn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle. His words. And uh, so Arab, uh, Arab Americans and progressives says... Democrat Party frontwoman Dana Bash, an erstwhile colleague of mine, and isn't that amazing? The progressives and the protests and I'm not saying they're going to vote for Trump. You know, (laughs) come on, the Arab Amer, the pro-Hamas, the pro-genocidal, anti-Semites. No, no, they're not going to vote for Trump. Come on, but uh, and the progressives and the Arab Americans who are protesting from the river to the sea, they're chanting and. Uh, Wipe Israel off the face of the map, right? And Nancy Pelosi pulled out, this is one of their cards, right? It's one of their big cards. They accuse you of being a Russian, a Russian stooge, a Russian operative, a friend of Vladimir Putin. Uh, Of course, the Biden family took in gobs of cash from Russia and allies of Vladimir Putin into the Biden family coffers, which the news media has an unusual lack of interest in, pretty extraordinary. But here's Nancy Pelosi responding to Dan Abash. You know, of course, they're not gonna vote for Trump, the Arab Americans and the progressives that are calling for the extermination of the state of Israel and promoting jihad in the United States of America. And Pelosi turns the corner like nobody's business and says you're Russian stooges?
0: For them to call for a ceasefire is Mr. Putin's message mr putin's message make no mistake this is directly is? connected to what he would like to see same thing with really? ukraine it's about putin's message i think some of these some of these protesters are spontaneous and organic and sincere some i think are connected uh, to russia and
1: i say that having looked at this for a long time now as you, you know think some about. of these protests are russian plants I think they're plans, I think, some financing
0: should be investigated. And I want to ask the, the uh, uh, FBI to investigate that.
1: The FBI should arre- arrest the whole country, I think, and put the entire country in jail until we can prove ourselves innocent of whatever it is that we're being accused of. This is, she's turned into Joseph Stalin's KGB chief, Lavence Beria. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime, he famously said. Now, National Panhandler Radio Using taxpayer dollars. Pelosi accuses some protesters demanding Gaza ceasefire of having ties to Russia. Having ties to Russia, that's the U.S. Muslim group condemns Pelosi for saying Gaza ceasefire protests have Russia link. That's uh, Reuters news agency story there. And uh, NBC fake news. Nancy Pelosi seeks FBI probe. They love probes, especially ever-expanding probes. A lot of lube in the Democrat Party. So the Nancy Pelosi uh, seeks FBI probe into protesters calling for a ceasefire in Gaza because they might have ties to Russia. Now, I'm not aware that Putin has called for a ceasefire. Are you aware of that? I follow the news pretty closely, and and uh, i gotta I got to say, Putin calling for a ceasefire is not something that I've seen. I guess it's possible, and it could have gotten by me, but... She says that Putin is calling for a ceasefire, and you're doing Putin's bidding for him. I would say that's wrong. You're doing Hamas's bidding for them. You're doing Iran's bidding for them. You're doing the bidding of the genocidal anti-Semites when you call for a ceasefire. Well, now that Hamas has butchered everybody they want to butcher for now, now we should stop all the violence, right, because there should be no reaction from Israel. That's your Democrat Party. Pretty amazing Pretty amazing stuff. And I'm just not aware of Pelosi having, excuse me, of Putin, what's the difference, having called for a ceasefire. And it does it does remind me of the Victoria Nuland soundbite, uh, Obama administration, State Department official, longtime Democrat Party apparatchik, who under oath on Capitol Hill explained that, uh, you know, this is what the Democrat Party does. It's the Soviet Russian playbook.
0: It is classic Russian Uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves
1: ah yes now we see that every day we see that constantly uh they accuse you of doing what they're doing in real time it's a tactic that the left has adopted pretty pretty amazing i think
0: they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the democratic (laughs) primary she's the favorite of the russians yeah she's a russian (laughs) asset i mean totally
1: She's uh, Hillary Clinton talking about Congresswoman, Democrat Congresswoman, Tulsi Gabbard. She was in Congress then. She has since left Congress. She's still an officer in the U.S. Army or U.S. Army Reserve. She's deployed to combat zones. And Hillary Clinton accused her of being a Russian asset to a, uh, uh, on a podcast to an Obama administration official who was snorting and shortling and, and giggling uh, this is an amazing time in American politics. There is no doubt about that. Mm-mm-mm. Let me tell you. Now there are other issues. Let's go to. Uh, let's go. Do you think we have a phone call to go to? Is that? Yeah, you think we do? i uh, looking at Jasmine now. We have a phone call to go. We have phone calls to go to. All right. We don't have a call screening program up, but Jasmine is talking to uh, the nice people. And uh, let's see. Let's... Oh, yeah, that's a fun one, too. I know about that. Let's let's go to Christian on line three, calling from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Christian, you're on the Chris Plant Show.
0: Hey, Chris. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Just calling about us being attacked again and again and again by Iran uh, in their proxy war. Mm -hmm. And it just really makes me livid that our response is that we don't want a war with Iran. I mean, how weak is that? I mean, does that really make them shake their boots when they hear that from the biggest country in the world or most powerful anyway? No, it makes us seem weak because we are, we have weak leadership and respond to us being attacked is that we don't want war. We should, before we said anything, we should have responded. So that's, and also for Kirby, the spokesman to make it seem like this is a, like it's uh, a crime, which it is a crime, but it's, it's more of war. Like we're going to convict them. We're going to find out who did this and we're going to get them. Like the ones who pulled the bullet or pulled the trigger is the problem. Um, yeah, that, that makes me pretty livid. Um, and on the other end, other side of weakness is this border deal that they're talking about. Why in the world would we even talk about giving Biden emergency powers to control the border? When A he doesn't need anything to control the border. He was it was already controlled. He uncontrolled it. So to act like we're going to pass a law to give him more power, so now he can take care of it in case it does get out of hand, which is like bizarre
1: world. So yes, it is. You're right about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joe Biden could just by executive order re re-imple- re implement what he de implemented the moment he became president. President Trump with Title 42, with Remain in Mexico, with none of the catch and release, with the amnesty program. Joe Biden implemented all these policies where uh, we do catch and release, we do amnesty, Um, we don't have the Remain in Mexico to apply for asylum uh, thing anymore, which President Trump implemented. President Trump had complete control over our southern border or near-complete control over our southern border. And Joe Biden blew all of that up because... You know, Christian he's not a liberal. He's the left. And he's a sock puppet for the left. He has no idea what's going on around him most of the time. I don't think he knows what Munput is most of the time. But he um, he is uh, you're absolutely right. You're right, you're right on a random where the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, C. Q. Brown, he is uh saying, Well, whoa, well, what do they want? A broader war? Well, I'm sorry, you're the chief military officer, you're not the Secretary of State. Um you're you're not supposed to be toning things down. You're supposed to be uh, saluting smartly and standing by for orders from the commander in chief and matters of war, and you're supposed to give advice, not not talking to Martha Reddit saying, "Oh, whoa, oh, what do they want? A broader war? Well, there is. There's already a broader war, and there wasn't a war at all when Donald Trump was in the White House, because you have peace through strength, and you have war through weakness. I uh, I got it. What what has happened to our our country, our military, our, our diplomacy, our, uh, we're just, we're an uh, 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 an empty shell of the country we were just a few years ago. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Seeking the
0: truth never gets old.
1: All right, we're trying to work our way around and through the call screening issues that we're having today. I uh an interesting conundrum. To be sure, let's uh, Michael, let's go to another phone call. Because I wanted to talk about this anyway, and I see I see what uh, what it's to uh, talk about. Let's go to Let's go to Rick on line two, calling from Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Ricardo, you're on the Chris Plant Show.
0: How you doing, Chris?
1: Hey, good. How about you? Yeah,
0: uh, climate, climate commies are at it again. Yeah. They attacked the Mona Lisa. Yeah. And these people are really, really dumb because they don't know anything about Earth history or science.
1: Yeah, I assume that's true. Well, they they attacked the Mona Lisa in La Louvre, It used to be a palace. Now it's a big art museum. And uh, all the great buildings in Europe were built by the monarchies. But but pay no attention to that. And they threw what, what does it look like, uh, Rick? Pumpkin? Oh, it's squash soup, I think. Squash soup. Isn't that right?
0: Yeah, some kind of soup they threw on it. Because, you know, it can't get through bulletproof glass.
1: Right. There is, uh, because of them, there's bulletproof glass in front of the Mona Lisa and other precious artworks. Because the left is here to destroy and to kill Yeah, they attacked the Mona Lisa at the Louvre because the weather, you know. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... But he's so stoned that there is no telling he might change his mind later on today and then change it again tomorrow morning. The Snoopster. Remember, he made that video where he uh, shot uh, President Trump in the head with the big handgun and the, pulled the trigger and the stick came out with the flag on it that said, Bang! Remember, that's uh, Snoop Dogg was shooting and killing Trump now. Now he likes Trump because Trump let one of his uh, drug dealer pals out of prison which is an interesting standard to use when it comes to President of the United States, but you know how they are. Yeah, the Snoopster, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg says he now has nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump and explains why rapper's days of trolling the former U.S. president are behind him. The British newspaper The Independent reports... So Snoop's got a new, uh, he's got a new fan, or uh, President Trump has a new fan. Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg has explained that he has nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump in a surprising U-turn. The rapper made the comments in a new interview years after being embroiled in something of a feud with the former president, who is uh, running for office again in 2024, U.S. election. British newspaper writes, Seemingly putting his days of trolling Trump behind him, Snoop told The Times, you know, of London, the Sunday, January 28th, yesterday edition, Donald Trump, he ain't done nothing wrong to me, said Snoop Dogg. He ain't done nothing wrong to me. I'm pretty sure he meant to say he hasn't done anything wrong to me. Um, But English is not his first language. It's his only language, of course. There are no other languages. It's just barely there with the English thing. He's done only great things for me, said Snoop Dogg. The rapper then uh, said he specifically referred to the time that President Trump pardoned Michael Harris. He pardoned Michael Harris, co-founder of Snoop Dogg's record label, Death Row. as uh, Death Row is the name of the record label. Yet who who could have guessed? You create a record label called Death Row and you end up in prison. That's hard to imagine, is it? He was in prison for drug offenses, and Snoop said, So I have nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Sure. You should campaign with him and uh, use some of your excellent music. Just kidding. Not really excellent music. Prior to this admission, Snoop Dogg had reportedly taken aim at Trump and his controversial views in 2017, provoking a reaction from the former president after releasing a music video for lavender featuring uh, bad bad not good that's the name of the thing there and video showed him aiming a gun uh and and uh, at a clown dressed like uh donald trump which uh, then he uh, pulled uh, the trigger to reveal a flag that popped out with the word bang because you know keeping it real keeping it real uh speaking of which 12 people shot in chicago over the weekend two killed both teenagers Kind of a slow weekend for Chicago because Democrats shoot a lot of people. That's the one of the things about Democrats. They shoot an awful lot of people And it. And there's such crime, they're, you know, they're, they're, the Democrat Party is a crime wave. They Any place you have a lot of Democrats, you have a crime wave. 930-some-odd carjackings in Washington, D.C. last year were only 61 square miles. How many carjackings? carjackings is that per square mile? A whole bunch. I'd have to whip out my Bomar calculator. But the uh, there is more crime news from the Democrats because they love crime. Vote for Democrats. More crime follows. That's how that works. Here is the New York Post. San Francisco, you've heard about them. They've got department stores fleeing and leaving the flagship Whole Foods store left downtown San Francisco. They got, what is that, Salesforce, the big company they fled a lot of companies fleeing because the crime and the junkies and the human waste and uh, the you know dead people laying all over the sidewalks and the spent hypodermic needles and, and everything else, the mentally ill people that attack you in your home and hit you over the head with a hammer, which happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi. And uh, here it is now. San Francisco toy store, Jeffrey's Toys, which was the inspiration for the movie Toy Story. The San Francisco toy store, a famous old toy store, has been there for 86 years, and they're closing over the perils and violence in the city. That's what they have declared. It's the perils for the customers, for the, the employees, for everybody. Coming there is too dangerous. So after 86 years, the toy store is going out of business. It was there when You know, Steve McQueen was driving a Mustang Fastback around the city of San Francisco, chasing a black Charger. It's been there for a long, long time. Iconic San Francisco toy store that inspired Toy Story, closing after 86 years over perils and violence in cities downtown. The San Francisco's oldest toy store, which inspired Pixar's classic toy store, Toy Story, uh, and it's a series of movies. I think, right? You've got a, you've got a kid. It's more than one movie. It is permanently shutting its doors after nearly a century in business. Within the city's widespread crime and violence problem, playing a significant factor, I would say being a significant factor or playing a significant role. But that's me. English is my first language. Jeffrey's Toys broke the news on Friday that it will be closing up shop at the end of February, marking the end of an iconic 86-year run. The store has been struggling for a number of years due to the perils and violence of the downtown environment, inflation, the decrease in consumer spending. But uh, everything is great. I saw on CNN, that the economy is, is greater than ever and going gangbusters. And, and if you don't realize that, it, it's because you're too dumb to know how great Joe Biden is and how great the economy is. But here it is. They say the inflation decreased consumer spending, the demise, demise of uh, retail across the world, said attorney Ken Sterling to the San Francisco Chronicle. The family that owns it is saddened that it has come to this. And we've explored all other options to try to keep the business going. But no chance because of the anarchy. And here's a picture of the grandparents, Martin and Birdie, that started it generations ago. And the family still owns it. and And now they're going out of business because the Democrats destroy everything that they touch. One of the world's great cities, San Francisco, California. And they have demolished it. They've destroyed it. It's absolutely appalling. Now let's go across the bay to Oakland, California. Blue Cross Blue Shield headquarters tells employees to stay inside for lunch and arranges rides for workers, I would say employees, as Oakland's surging crime threatens basic services. Now Blue Shield and Kaiser Permanente, they, uh, they brought in new safety measure, measures for workers. They call them workers. I call them employees. Included providing lifts, a car ride, you know, uh, to get to the office and telling people to eat lunch on site because it's too dangerous to walk out the building. They have their headquarters in Oakland. That was pretty stupid. The move comes after the city saw a 21% increase in violent crime last year. But I saw that the Biden-FBI told us that everything is getting better and crime is down. So how can that be? That doesn't make any sense, does it? So in Oakland, uh, they're telling people to have their lunch delivered, their food delivered. Don't set foot outside the building because you may be killed, is what it comes down to. Because Democrats, so many Democrats are criminals that... Uh, You're just not safe to walk out the door in Oakland, California, or in San Francisco. And businesses can't stay in business. Fox, Channel 2 out there, Kaiser to Oakland workers, stay inside for work and lunch. Because crime and mayhem and muggings and shootings. And this is your Democrat Party. It's what they're doing with everything, everything that they touch. They destroy it. You know, they're not liberals; they're the left. Just saying, you're a Democrat Party. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Um, here is a uh, another Democrat Party story, and uh, kind of melding the Middle East war and the anti-Semitism and the crime and everything else. I told you last week that Harvard had named a uh, a new head. They created a panel on anti-Semitism because it's so rampant at Harvard University, and the, they announced the new head of their anti-Semitism task force, and we learned almost immediately they didn't bother to check, they didn't Google the guy or something. It turns out the guy has a history of anti-Semitism and saying incredibly anti-Semitic thing, anti-Jewish things, and they made him the head of the anti-Semitism task force at Harvard with no sense of irony whatsoever. Now, the Washington Free Beacon, which covers the news unlike the Washington Post, and Megan Blonder writing the story, head of Harvard's anti Semitism task force, backs out of panel on anti Semitism. Sure, it would not be appropriate for me to make public comments at this time, says Derek Penslar. Derek Penslar, and he's the guy, the head of Harvard University's anti Semitism task force backed out of a panel discussion on anti-Semitism that he was scheduled to participate in on Sunday. That's yesterday. Citing an unwillingness to answer questions publicly about about goings-on at Harvard. Sure. Derek Pensar, co-chair of Harvard's presidential task force on combating anti-Semitism. Isn't it ironic they call it the presidential task force? They're not talking about Joe Biden. They're talking about Claudine Gay, who... Uh, was forced to step down as president because of her anti-Semitic behavior on Capitol Hill and all of the incidents on the college campus that she did nothing about. But never mind that. So Derek Penslar, the uh, the co-chair of Harvard's presidential task force on combating combating anti-Semitism, was slated to speak at the Sunday morning Center for Jewish History panel titled What is anti-Semitism? Definitions and debates. Sounds pretty open-minded, doesn't it? Isn't that amazing? So they got that going. However, the moderator, Gavriel Rosenfeld, announced Penslar's withdrawal from the event and read a statement from the Harvard professor who has faced criticism for signing an open letter that called Israel's regime of apartheid. See, he signed on to these anti-Israel statements and then they made him the boss of their anti-Semitism panel, and then he won't show up when they're having discussions about anti-Semitism. Harvard should be disbanded. It should be closed after all these years, don't you think? It's uh it's Harvard. It's the it's the Duke of the North. It's the Duke of the North, and they and uh just amazing stuff here. Just amazing. You you don't have to make it up because They actually do this stuff. Amazing. Just amazing. Also, we're standing by for sentencing today of the IRS official that leaked Donald Trump's tax information to the New York Times. And then we learned fairly recently that he took a job at the IRS exclusively and explicitly to get a hold of Donald Trump's tax records and leak them to the New York Times and to other left-wing groups, this ProPublica group, which is the racist group that targets Clarence Thomas quite constantly. So the business insider today, the man who leaked Trump's tax records, uh, eluded investigators for years but was finally found after leaking info on Musk and Bezos. That's pretty amazing stuff. The Wall Street Journal is reporting. Charles Little John, Little John, you know, like Robin Hood and all that, confessed to linking to leaking Donald Trump's tax returns to the New York Times and to this radical left-wing group called ProPublica. Federal investigators were not aware he was the leaker, new reporting from the Wall Street Journal reveals. Isn't it amazing? They, you know, go on raids bashing people's uh, doors down in the middle of the night if you walked across the lawn on January 6th. But you get a job at the IRS explicitly with a plan to break the law and leak people's tax records, which is illegal. And um, uh, just amazing. So we're standing by for Little John's sentencing today. He confessed he should get, well, he should get more years in prison than Enrique Torrio, who was in Baltimore on January 6, and they gave him 22 years in prison. For what again? Yeah, yeah. They sentence their political enemies, but their political allies, they get gift baskets and government jobs again. So the investigators had focused on Little John for a separately leak involving billionaires Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. He's got this uh, anti-rich people thing and and an anti-Donald Trump thing. and And we're standing by for his sentencing. He pleaded guilty in October, and we should perhaps while we're on the air, get word as to the sentencing. I'm expecting maybe probation and a steak dinner at Charlie Palmer's might be his sentencing. We'll have to see what happens there. But I'm not expecting much because I've been paying attention for a long time. Now, we've got a very corrupt system Intentionally, When he went out of his way, he got the job specifically and explicitly so he could leak Trump's tax records. But pay no attention to that. So we've got our ear uh, to the ground on that. And Joe Biden tried to speak over the weekend, and he did the usual Joe Biden job of things. I've got that for you coming up as well. He's uh, not a bright man. His brain, she's a broke, she's a no good. He's not up to the job of being president. Oh, and Megyn Kelly... Remember Megyn Kelly? I love Megyn Kelly, uh, formerly of Fox News. Uh, She says she's got a scoop, a skinny, on what the Democrat Party plan is going forward this year. Yeah, fun uh, Megyn Kelly story. Megyn Kelly, former Fox News anchor. I used to be on the Megyn Kelly show uh, quite frequently when she was on Fox News. And, um... She she says she's been talking to Democrats, you know, Democrat sources, they're party people, and that the Democrats have a plan to get rid of Joe Biden, jump Joe Biden, which I've been talking about for how many months now? I did the video uh, five, six months ago, maybe, uh, talking about how Joe Biden will not be the nominee come election day, and the Democrats will find a way to get rid of him, swap him out, and... Now, what Megyn Kelly is saying is that it's not just that her Democrat Party people tell her that they're going to get rid of Joe Biden, but that they're going to replace Joe Biden with Michelle Obama. That is what Megyn Kelly is putting out, according to Democrat Party sources, and I've been talking about that for quite some time as well. And I keep getting this from the Democrats, like Democrat on the uh, right squad, Oh no no no! She doesn't want her life is too good. They're too wealthy. She she never liked Washington. She didn't like living in the White House. I'm like, well, she doesn't have a choice in the matter. The party will tell her where to stand and what to say, and she'll do what they tell them because they've got to win. They've got trouble now with young voters and with African American voters, and that's why Joe Biden keeps going to South Carolina and, and pretending he's black. You know, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. Don't vote for me. You ain't black. And Hillary Clinton's still carrying around hot sauce, hot sauce. She's not really, she never did, but she lies about that because she thinks that makes makes her Don Cornelius of Soul Train or something like that, but pretty amazing stuff. Your Democrat Party, completely berserk. Um, And Megyn Kelly, she's a real news reporter, and she knows when she's talking to people. What's up with that? That's right. Got to get rid of Joe Biden. He can't be the nominee. Everybody knows that. Who's it going to be? Well, Michelle Obama polls better than any of them. And that way, Barack could move back into the White House. This is Barack's third term of destroying America, the fundamental transformation of America. If uh, his wife won, he can assure her that she wouldn't have to do any of the work. You know, somebody else will be the president like now.